All right, all right. So Matthew chapter 13, and uh, I appreciate uh, Brother Billy uh, filling in for me and teaching for me uh, in my absence, and, uh, but I wanted to get back into these uh, parables of Christ that we've been looking at. And uh, today we're going to be looking at Christ's parable of the hidden treasure, and we'll get to the text here in just a moment, just one verse of Scripture. But uh, it's important to kind of understand the context and kind of get a word picture in our mind of some things. And uh, we've been focused on specifically what we're calling these seven mystery parables that have to do with the church age in which you and I live in today. Um, and we see that the, we're going to see today that the listeners of these parables changes somewhat. And um, uh, you'll notice there in Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 1, and you can kind of follow along there on your notes. I may not say everything that's on the notes, but, but uh, Matthew chapter 13, ver verse 1, it says the same day. We go back to uh, when these seven parables that we've been looking at began. Uh, and it says the same day went Jesus out of the house set by the seaside. We know that to be the Sea of Galilee. And it says, and great multitudes were gathered together. And so he had an a audience, if you will, of a great multitude, several people that were there. And we've already looked at these parables, and then he proceeds to uh, uh, give the parables of the sower, the wheat, and the tares. Uh, we looked at the grain of mustard seed, and uh, we, our last one we looked at the leaven. And uh, then he gives those parables, and then you see in verse 36 of Matthew chapter 13, then, uh, in other words, after the, the mystery parable of the leaven, he says, then Jesus sent the multitude away. Uh, and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him. And, uh, and, there, and then he, they ask about the parable of the wheat and the tares, and he explains that. And so he's already given to the multitudes the mystery parables, again, that I just mentioned a while ago, that we've already looked at. And we've learned that those four, those four uh, mystery parables, if you will, out of the seven, uh, shows us uh, a, great, uh, a great deal in other words, uh, uh, understand that, that uh, uh, the first four parables, uh, we, we find out some things that are happening between Christ uh, coming to the earth as a babe in Christ uh, and his second coming, which hasn't happened yet. So we're still in that stage, okay, between his first coming and his second coming. Sometimes we use the phrases, the first advent uh, and his second advent. And, and again, that's the time... Uh, uh, that we are in today, uh, known as the church age. Sometimes we use the word Christendom, Christendom uh, as well. Uh, and uh, we saw in these four mystery parables what Satan is doing uh, in the church age. And we talked about leaven and some unnatural things, uh, false uh, 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 teachings, those types of things, corruption uh, that's within even the, the true uh, church, if you will. Uh, and so we look mainly at what Satan was doing through those first four parables. And then we come to Matthew uh, chapter 13, verse 44, and we have here our fifth parable, uh, mystery parable, uh, the uh, hidden treasure. And I want to go ahead and read it, and we'll explain some things. And uh, we, we want to understand here that we have a parable, and I'll explain how this fits, but I just want to give you what it's talking about here. This is a parable about Israel, okay? Uh, and we could even say the first four, we see what Satan is doing in the church age. Now we're going to be looking at what God is doing concerning Israel during the church age. 
And so it's real important to see that, and we'll try to break this down. But notice what verse 44 says. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, uh, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for uh, joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. So that's a, a short parable there, but it says a great deal. And we want to break this down a little bit. And again, we're, see, we're still seeing what now God is doing in between these, uh, you know, the first and second coming uh, of Christ. And again, it has to do with Israel. Uh, it has to do with the Jew in Christendom. And so uh, to understand this, and you, again, you can kind of follow along there with uh, your notes, but to understand this better, we have to go back to really Abraham. Abraham is the father of all Jews, of all the Jews. Uh, and we understand that it would be through Abraham that God would reveal himself, uh, begin to reveal himself to the world uh, more fully. In other words, God was going to use, uh, he chose uh, the Jew uh, to reveal to the world about himself. Uh, we don't know why God chose Abraham, why he chose the Jew, but he did. Uh, and he would lead Abraham out of his birthplace uh, the, uh, from Ur of the Chaldees, the Bible says. And the Bible says something very important about Abraham. We've talked about this already, but it says by faith, Abraham followed God's direction there in doing that. Uh, and that's really the same way we're justified today. Abraham was justified uh, through his faith. But he followed God's direction through faith, even though he didn't know where he was going. And, of course, we know that ultimately this would uh, lead the children of Israel to uh, what we know as the promised land or Israel as we know it today as far as the area. And so God would make a covenant with Abraham, and he promised that he would raise up a nation from his seed. And, of course, that would be the Jewish nation uh, that we know today as Israel. Uh, God chose Israel, again, to reveal uh, himself to the world. And again, why God did that, we don't know, uh, but he simply uh, 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 did that. And so Israel's very important, still is important today. Now we fast forward to today, uh, and of course we know, uh, you know, you know, just simple reading of the Word of God, but if you've been in church any time at all and heard messages, we know that the Bible certainly reveals that Israel has certainly failed God in those areas you know, of, of doing what he would have them to do. And even by the time we get to Christ's day, during his public ministry, we see this, and we know that even ultimately they would reject Christ, even. And, uh, uh, and that says a lot as well. Uh, and so uh, now we always need to understand something, and, and the world uh, doesn't do a good job in doing this, but not just the world, but even those of us who are saved. I know sometimes when we think about end times, we're always kind of focused on our country because we live here. I get that. Uh, but just remember, some of the things that are going on in our country today have been going on in other countries for years. It's nothing new, guys. Okay, uh, We're just kind of following in line. But what I try to encourage people to do is the world, and even we as believers today, we need to keep our eye on Israel. That's where we need to be watching uh, and, and, and keeping our focus on. Um, and uh, for uh, understand that, that God is not done <laughs> with Israel. Israel is going to accomplish what God promised to Abraham. That is going to happen. And, uh, of course, we, that takes us into the end times and, and primarily into that tribulation period. We've talked a little bit about that. Won't get too much into that today. But for right now, though, uh, what is Israel doing? Well, God has put Israel aside for a while. He's put them on the shelf, if you will. 
Um, and that's what this uh, uh, verse is all about here. Verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. So that treasure would be Israel hid in a field. We'll break this down in just a moment. And uh, so the which when a man hath found, that man would be Christ. He hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth uh, that field. And so this parable uh, is concerning Israel in the church age. And, and that kind of gets us through uh, the, the introduction there. And so we see there, again, you can follow along on your notes, the treasure. Okay, And so we see a treasure that is hid in the field. And the field is the world. And the reason we know that is if we go back to verse 36, it says that Jesus sent the multitude away and went into a house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, declaring to us the parable of the tares of the field. Okay, so the subject matter is a field, okay? Um, and he later on uh, says in verse 38, the field is the world, okay? And so this is all one conversation. And so, uh, again, in explaining the parable of the wheat and the tares, he identifies the field as the world. Uh, and then he gives us the parable of the hidden treasure, and so it's pretty easy to see there that he's still, you know, this is still the same uh, discussion that they're having. And so we know that the field is the world. Again, that's the world in which you and I live in today, okay, just, just the way that it is, all right? Um, and so we know that we live in the church age. Uh, Israel, although scattered, is a hidden treasure in the world, okay? Real important to understand that. And uh, so uh, that word treasure, very important uh, to understand as well. There again in verse uh, 44, kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. That's not the first time God has used that. You see there on your, your notes, uh, letter uh, B, God chose Israel as a peculiar treasure. Psalm 135, verse 4, for the Lord hath chosen Jacob, that would be Israel, that would be the Jew unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar treasure treasure notice that word treasure um, in exodus chapter 19 it tells us moses went up unto god and the lord called him unto him out of the mountain saying we know that to be sinai thus shalt thou say unto the house of jacob and tell the children of israel ye have seen what i did un unto the egyptians how i bury on eagles wings and brought you unto myself now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar, we see the word again, treasure unto me above all people, uh, for all the earth uh, is mine. Uh, we also see in Deuteronomy chapter 7 uh, some uh, familiar, you know, uh, uh, the same kind of wordage. It says, For thou art a holy people, talking to Moses again, unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen them to be a special people unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. In verse 8 there, you have to flip the page. Uh, but because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep an oath which he sworn uh, unto your fathers, that would go all the way back to Abraham, uh, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and certainly the children coming out of Egypt was something miraculous, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And although all those great things happen, as you see um, there on your notes, unfortunately Israel failed God despite all of that, despite being a special treasure, a peculiar treasure uh, even. We do know uh, that uh, they certainly uh, uh, failed God. Now, uh, you might say, well, there is Israel. I mean, we, we can look on a map. And certainly, politically speaking, 
uh, there is a nation, a country, once again called Israel. But, but spiritually speaking, uh, they're still in great darkness, a lot of spiritual blindness. They're still scattered, <laughs> you know, in a great, uh, you know, in a great way. Uh, but we always need to understand, though, that even though they are scattered, they are still God's treasure. But for right now, they're hid. They're, they're shelved. They're put off to the side uh, until, um, until a certain time uh, that I believe could, could begin any day. And so understand there's a difference between something being lost and something being hid. Okay? And so right now, Israel, if you will, has been hid for a while. They've, they've been uh, uh, shelved for the time being. That takes us to number two. Uh, the treasure is hidden. Uh, the treasure is hidden. You know, as far as the world's concerned, you know, Israel gets a lot of attention, but not for the right reasons. Israel is still pretty insignificant to most people. They see Israel really as a bother. They see Israel as their days being numbered. You know, they, 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 they just don't really take Israel seriously. Uh, that is uh, the Jew, uh, uh, the way that it is. It, it really goes unnoticed as far as, as tying some things into the, the world and, and, and those types of things. Israel really isn't even on the radar uh, as far as the, the world's concerned. And um, uh, certainly that's um, uh, uh, you know, very important. Uh, and as I said a while ago, they're still scattered. You don't have to turn there. I just put it down there for reference. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 2, Peter is talking uh, much later in years. Peter, a very old man by this time, uh, he talks to them as being scattered, yet also God's elect. And so just because they're scattered, and certainly spiritually speaking and literally speaking, they are scattered across the globe. They're everywhere. Okay. Now, when I say God's elect, it doesn't mean that they're saved. Okay. But what we're saying there is, is that God still has a purpose. They are chosen for a specific purpose. And believe you me, that purpose will be accomplished through Israel, just like God had promised uh, Abraham. But right now, they're dispersed throughout the world. That is, they are hidden. And that's what we see in this parable. All right. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll finish up with number three here in just a moment. But any questions or comments on what we've looked at so far? I know I've kind of been throwing a lot of information out there. Okay. All right. All right. Everybody awake? Most of you awake? <laughs> All right. Number three. Uh, the treasure is found by a man and hidden again. Let's read it again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, uh, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. So the picture is here. Uh, he finds a treasure in a field, okay? And uh, he says, well, I'm going to buy this field. So he buys the field and hides the treasure again. And again, I think we can kind of see the, uh, what, what uh, all this has to do with, with Israel. But I do want to kind of break this down a little bit. And, of course, uh, we see here this man being Jesus Christ. And we think about Jesus when he first came in the flesh, Israel was already scattered, weren't they? I mean, they, they were already scattered. There was no doubt about that. Uh, and Jesus came certainly to the Jew first. Uh, we see there uh, uh, in Matthew chapter uh, 10, there on your notes, verse 5 through 6, these 12 Jesus sent forth and them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, uh, and into any of the cities of Samaria, enter you not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And Jesus would often 
uh, say that he had, he had come to preach to the Jew first. But we see in, in John chapter 1, verse 11, he, that is Jesus, came unto his own, his own received him not. So even though Jesus came to the Jew first, we know that they rejected him uh, uh, as being Messiah. And certainly that was uh, the final opportunity for the Jew to get right with the Lord. Uh, and, and that's how Jesus found them in the world in his day. They, they were really scattered, if you will, hidden already. Um, uh, Jesus uh, found them that way. Uh, but now he's, we'll talk about him buying the field. But again, they're, they're put on the side. He, he is, uh, they're, they're, they're still hid, if you will. Um, uh, number two, Jesus put them aside, hidden them in the world. Matthew chapter 21, verse 30. I'm sorry, verse 43, Therefore say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. This was Jesus talking to the Jew. The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits uh, thereof. And so now God is doing his work, not through the Jew. He has put them off to the side. They are hid, and now he's doing his work uh, through the local New Testament churches that are, that are also scattered across uh, the globe as well. And so hopefully we're beginning to kind of see how all this is tying together. Now, as, as Israel is hid, uh, we need to understand some, some things, too, about, you know, there's, there's, there's different things going on at the same time. And we've talked about the time of the Gentiles, okay? Uh, and this began way before Christ would come as a babe. This began when Jerusalem and Judah fell to the Babylonians, uh, depending on who you talk to, around 586 B.C., um, uh, in that area, of course, that would be the destruction of Jerusalem, okay? And that began the time of the Gentiles, and of course, that would take us to, we've talked about this already, the Babylonians, uh, then the Medes, Persians would rise to power, then the Greeks, then the Romans. Now, these world empires, uh, they've all come and gone, uh, and in the meantime, the Jews still hid. The Jews still scattered. The Jew is still there. Israel's still around, okay? Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, as we've seen there, God has, as far as representing him to the world, God has shelved the Jew. It's, it's about the church, that is local New Testament churches, uh, uh, teaching and preaching the truth of God, um, uh, to, you know, to fulfill God's desire to save the lost and reveal himself to the world. Again, that's originally, that's what he wanted the Jew to do. Uh, now, we know that the time of the Gentiles will come to a close. There's certainly no world empires today, uh, but it's still the time of the Gentiles. And, uh, uh, but we know that uh, there's going to come a time when another, if you will, world empire will emerge. Uh, that takes us into the tribulation period, to the Antichrist. Uh, and again, we're, we've talked about some of this in detail already. But we understand the Antichrist is going to organize a one world government. Again, that takes us into the tribulation period. Now, we understand before that tribulation period begins... Uh, those that are in Christ, both dead and alive, will be raptured out. Amen. That's the next great thing on God's calendar uh, is the rapture of all believers. Uh, and praise the Lord for that. Um, and so that takes us to a very important time. So if the church, local New Testament churches, believers are, are raptured out, who's God going to use to reveal himself to the world? The Jew. Amen. This is where the Jew is going to uh, uh, take their place, if you will, in representing uh, God to the world. Uh, and they will be used of God, particularly those 144,000 uh, Jewish preachers, to see millions saved. 
And what's amazing about this is it will be happening during the worst time in the history of mankind. You know, we, there's been a lot of bad things happen. And uh, we, you know, sometimes we say, I don't think it can get any worse than it is now. Oh, yes, it will. It's going to get a lot worse than it is even now, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, if you're saved, you won't have to go through that. Uh, but that's where uh, Israel, that is uh, the Jew, uh, will uh, take their place uh, and uh, represent God to the world. They will have accepted Jesus Christ of Nazareth uh, as their Savior. And that's an exciting thing uh, to think about. Romans 11, verse 25, there on your notes at the bottom of the page there, says, For I would not, brethren... Paul talking here, he says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness is part happened to Israel until, circle that word, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And uh, that fullness of the Gentiles will not be come in until the Antichrist takes his place on the world stage. Uh, and then uh, Israel will fulfill what God had uh, uh, purposed them uh, to do uh, in the first place. And that takes us back to our parable, Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. For right now Israel is hid, uh, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. Uh, we know that Jesus found them scattered. They rejected him. Uh, he has uh, hid them again, if you will. But notice the last part of the verse, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. This takes us to the last point here. It says there, for the man for joy sold all that he had and bought the field. And of course, I think we're beginning to understand what this is talking about. Um, this is talking about Jesus. Uh, again, the man sold all that he had. Uh, we know in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so Jesus bought the world, if you will, with his blood. Amen. And that's what he's talking about there. That's what that's pointing to. Um, uh, Jesus, when he came, again, he set Israel aside. He hid them in the world. Uh, but then the man, as it says there, that is Jesus, he bought the field. Jesus, listen, Jesus has paid the sin debt of the world. And aren't you glad, amen, with his own precious blood. Um, and and uh, he uh, uh, let her be there. He died on the cross for the world. And the Bible says that he even did it with joy. Uh, look at Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You know, to me, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, and I believe we need to look at that verse, uh, particularly because it's the book of Hebrews, but we still need to look at that verse. And oftentimes we do. We look at, you know, our salvation but, but God certainly has uh, everyone, including the Jew, in mind there. <laughs> okay? So very, very important. And Jesus counted joy. And, and we understand how he took on himself the sin of the world. Uh, that would be buying the field. That's what he did. He bought the field. Uh, and he sold all that he had. You know, God gave his only begotten son. Uh, the most precious substance that will ever exist is the blood of Christ. And that's what Jesus used to pay for, uh, for the field, that is, uh, for uh, the world. Amen. That's, that's shouting ground right there. And then letter C, Jesus died for the whole world. Uh, that is the, the field there. Uh, 1 John 2, verse 1 through 2, uh, John says, My little children, 
he's talking to believers, these things are right unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Notice verse 2, very important, he is the propitiation. What does propitiation mean? It means a substitute. Uh, he is the substitute, Jesus Christ, the substitute for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. That's exciting as we think about for the man, the man for joy sold all that he had and bought the field. Just think about that uh, for just a moment. And then we see there letter D, the parable of the treasure hid paraphrase. In other words, to kind of explain a little bit better. And um, uh, there's a preacher, well-known preacher that did this, and I just gleaned from it here. It says, and again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure, we know that to be Israel, hid, scattered everywhere in a field, that's the world, which when a man, that is Jesus Christ, hath found, uh, Jesus came to the earth, uh, he hideth. Jesus hid Israel because they rejected him, and he has set them aside. It says, and for uh, joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath. Jesus died on a cross and buyeth that field. Jesus died on the cross so he could buy the field. He hid the treasure in. Amen. Isn't that exciting to think about? And uh, so uh, in letter E there, uh, uh, though Israel, again, Abraham, uh, that, that covenant with Abraham, God, I'm sorry, through Israel, uh, God has provided salvation for the world. And of course, again, that takes us back to Jesus Christ. But uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God speaking to Abraham, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. That's why we always need to be careful. Any nation, including the United States of America, needs to be careful how they treat America. And in these shall all families, how many families? All families of the earth uh, be blessed. He tells Abraham once again in Genesis chapter 26, verse 4, and I will make thee, I'm oh, sorry, I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed, talking to Abraham, and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Amen. Amen. And uh, so just a small uh, parable there, but boy, doesn't it say a great deal uh, concerning, uh, concerning Israel. And uh, so uh, next week, uh, we'll look at the next parable uh, of the pearl. And uh, uh, the parable we looked at just now concerns Israel. Uh, but the sixth mystery parable is going to concern the church, the local New Testament church. And uh, so some exciting things there, what uh, God is doing uh, with, uh, uh, with those uh, that he has chosen. Amen. Amen. All right. Any questions or comments on that? Yes, Brother Leon. Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah, through faith. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, kind of get into some things there that, you know, we're not really sure about, but obviously somewhere during that time, they will accept Jesus Christ as Savior. They're not just, you know, boinked and made saved. Uh, I believe that God just knows there's going to be 144,000 that will accept him as Savior and uh, recognize him for who he is. Yeah, that, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. We have to be careful with the wordage there because there's, there's a lot that believe that God has chosen some to be saved, some not to be saved. And, you know, so I always try to stay away from, from
from that, you know, just to be, I know you don't believe that, but, but you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm a little careful with the word each. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Amen. Good, good, good point. Anybody else have anything? Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. You know, here's the thing, guys. You know, when I read these parables, you know, I, I look at, I'll get to you just a second there, Brad. Uh, I, I think about these things, you know, uh, I don't like what I see. I don't like what's going on, you know, um, you know, uh, just out, uh, we uh, did some visiting with the snow cone uh, cart yesterday, and, and uh, people were troubled, you know. I, I talked to several people that are just so worried. Now, in my estimation, I don't think they really understand what salvation is and, and those types of things, and that's really their biggest problem they have. But, but uh, um, for me, though, when I look at these parables, and even though a lot of what we've studied isn't pretty, I mean, we don't like to read about the corruption. We don't like to read about false doctrine and false teaching. We don't like to read about how there are some that profess to be saved that are not really saved. But when I read all this, especially when we start tying these things into Israel, you know, it just reminds me that God's in control. Everything is, is you know, the world is not, you know, uh, spiraling out of control. I know I even say that sometimes, but God is still on his throne. And everything that has happened has happened because God has allowed it. <laughs> but we can go to the word of God and know that he has a plan. And so the key to all this, folks, is, is first of all, be saved. Amen? That's the first thing you need to do is you need to be saved. And then you need to be living for him correctly. Because if you're not saved, certainly this would be a scary place. And if you're not growing in the Lord and you're not understanding the scriptures, then you are going to be a nervous wreck. You are going to be living in fear, in fear that is. And uh, so, so again, that's why we study these things. It's important for us to understand uh, that God is in control. Uh, and that he has a plan, and everything will happen just the way he said it will happen. Amen. And uh, so that we can rejoice. Uh, one, one second, Brother Billy. Brother Brad, did you have something? Yes. Yes, amen. Right. Sure, right, yeah, uh, faith, it comes back to faith, yeah, exactly right, yeah, amen, amen, praise the Lord, well put, Brother Billy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Amen. Yeah, yeah amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 